Welcome back to the Daily Devotion. My name is Kevin. I'm the pastor of Christ Church Conway, a congregation of the Presbyterian Church in America here in Conway, Arkansas. The Daily Devotion is a time for us to be strengthened in our faith through the study of Scripture and theology. We're working our way through the book of Jonah, and we're up to chapter 1. We're going to look this morning at verses 11 through 16 of this incredible story of this wayward prophet. So let me pray for us, and then we'll dive in to the Word. Father, we thank you for this story that reminds us so much of your relentless grace, of your pursuing grace. We thank you that it reminds us of your sovereignty over all of creation. We thank you that it reminds us that you have a plan that includes people from every tribe and tongue and people and nation. We thank you that it reminds us that you use crooked sticks to draw straight lines. We pray that you would help us by your spirit to understand your word, that we might believe your word, that we might live in light of your word. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Well, we're still in the story of the the beginning of Jonah where they're in the storm and trying to figure out what to do. And it says, the sailors said to Jonah, what shall we do to you that the sea may quiet down for us? For the sea grew more and more tempestuous. Jonah said to them, Pick me up and hurl me into the sea. Then the sea will quiet down for you. For I know it is because of me that this great tempest has come upon you. Nevertheless, the men rowed hard to get back to dry land, but they could not. For the sea grew more and more tempestuous against them. Therefore they called out to the Lord, O Lord, let us not perish for this man's life. And lay not on us innocent blood, for you, O Lord, have done what have done as it pleased you. So they picked up Jonah and hurled him into the sea, and the sea ceased from its raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. Well, we see that this story really it starts off in a very pragmatic way. These sailors are just trying to figure out how do we survive. They've already questioned Jonah, as we saw yesterday, asking, you know, who are you? Where are you from? What's your business here? All of those questions. And they found out that he worships the God who created the land and the sea and that he was fleeing from the presence of that God. He was trying to get away from what that God had called him to do. So they asked the next logical question. Well then, if this is your fault, if if we're in this predicament because of you, what exactly do we need to do to you to fix this? How are we going to get out of this? And Jonah tells them, and, and we don't know why Jonah thought this was the answer. But he said, look, throw me into the sea and everything will stop because you're facing this stuff because of me. So if you get rid of me, it's going to be fine for you. Now, I I mean, we can see a certain logic there. If I'm the problem, get rid of me. Cool. But Jonah has this absolute confidence that, that somehow it's going to be okay for these guys. But they've got some conscience about them, don't they? they? They hear this and... They say, okay, well, clearly we're not going to do that. And so they just start rowing as hard as they can. Now, this boat probably had sails on it to begin with. It may be that the storm had ripped them off. We don't know. But at this point, they are left to rowing, trying to get back to land, trying to get out of this storm. 
But it says again for the second time in these verses that the sea grew more and more tempestuous around them and against them. In other words, God was making it abundantly clear by this storm that he had hurled onto them that they were not going to be able to save themselves. It was going to have to be done a different way. And so they finally decide, apparently, it's, well, we've got to get rid of Jonah. That's, that's our option. That's the only thing we're left with. We either all die or, or we take a chance getting rid of him. But we still see their conscience. And so they call out to Yahweh. It's interesting, none of these men coming into this story were Yahweh worshipers. They didn't fear Yahweh. That was not who they were. They all had their own gods. But here, having been faced with the reality of who he is, and knowing that that he's somehow the one who is at work, and that he apparently has some business with this Jonah character that, that bought a ticket on our boat and now has brought us into this storm, they pray to him. They, they pray, and it says specifically in verse 14 that they called out to Yahweh. And this is what they said. O Lord, again, Yahweh, let us not perish for this man's life and lay not on us innocent blood For you, O Lord, again, you, O Yahweh, have done as it pleased you. In other words, what they were saying was, look, we're not trying to cause problems here. We're not trying to sin against or or get rid of someone who fears you and worships you. We're, We're not, we're just doing what he said. So please, don't hold us accountable because all we know to do is listen to the one who says he worships you and says that the whole reason this storm has come is because of him and the way to fix this situation is to get rid of him. So they're calling out to Yahweh at this point for mercy. And so they say that prayer and then it says they pick up Jonah and hurl him into the sea. And at this point, there's this kind of wordplay that shows up over and over, this idea of of throwing, or or it's translated in the ESV consistently as hurling. God hurled the storm. The sailors hurled the cargo. Now they're hurling Jonah. Everything's getting thrown every which way. And the storm, it says, ceases from its raging. It ends. It's done. And all of a sudden, they realize, wait a minute. This Yahweh character really is the God of the sea. He really is who Jonah said he was. And their their response, it says, Then the men feared exceedingly. the, the, The Hebrew, the way they highlight things like that. They don't say exceedingly. This is a fear to fear. That's what was going on. They feared a great fear. It's almost as if it's being presented uh, there in verse 16 when it tells us that they feared a great fear. 
And that, that word great, gadola in Hebrew, it's come up multiple times as well. It's almost as if these sailors are surprised that it worked. It's almost as if they, they, they throw him into the sea and everything stops. And they're like, it, it actually worked. Who in the world are we dealing with? And this is a very similar response to the disciples when they call on Jesus. Are you not concerned that we're perishing? You know, in the midst of the storm on the boat, there's a lot of parallels here. And Jesus calms the storm and their response is fear as well. Their response is, wait a minute, who is this that even the sea obeys him? And so these sailors, fearing this great fear, They sacrifice a sacrifice and vow a vow. That's what it literally says. And we can think of this, and some commentators do think of this as, well, this is just them kind of doing, you know, their due obeisance in in response to, you know, God delivering them. But this idea of, of sacrificing to the Lord and making a vow to the Lord even later in the book of Jonah, but throughout the Bible, throughout the Old Testament, this is pictured as worship. This isn't just like, oh, I'm going to pay my dues now that you've helped me out. This is, this is worship. This is what Jonah says in chapter 2, verse 9, but I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. See, there, just in the next chapter, this is, this is Jonah's faithful worship of Yahweh because he has delivered him. And, and really, I think we ought to see it that way with these sailors. Now, I understand we have very little to go on here, but, but the use of this particular language, it seems to me that they've been confronted by the reality of who Yahweh is. He is the God of all creation. He is the one who silences the storms. He is the one who is worthy of worship. And so that's exactly what they do. They worship him. They fear a great fear. They sacrifice a sacrifice. And they vow a vow. It's interesting when we look at this section of the story to to see the contrast between Jonah's, I mean, just kind of lackadaisical attitude towards Yahweh. I'll run from him, it'll be fine. And the sailors' just intense attentiveness to him. If we have to throw you in, God, don't hold us accountable. Yahweh, don't, don't put innocent blood on us. Oh my, it worked. Let's worship Yahweh. We see an incredible contrast between the sailors and Jonah. And we see that they didn't worship God to be saved, but worshiped him because he had already saved them. What we see in these sailors is actually the right response to salvation, to worship God to give him the glory that is due his name, to come before his throne with thanksgiving. See, this pictures for us what our response should be to the gospel, 
to the reality that Christ really did live and die and rise again. The right response to that, as we see repeatedly in the New Testament, is to worship him. To worship him in thanksgiving. Might we learn to respond to our salvation with worship. Worship of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, even as these sailors responded to theirs. Amen. Thank you.